Okay. Well, welcome Donna and Diana, uh, quantum healers uh, that we've met on the forum. And um, now you write books uh, under the name of Didi Adair. And um, would you like to start with introducing yourselves and, and tell a bit about uh, who you are and um, when you started writing together? Yes. Yeah. You want me to start? Sure. So I am Donna. My last name, my married name is McMurtry. Our maiden name, because we are sisters, our maiden name is Adair, A-D-A-I-R. And so this is why we write under the pen name D.D. Adair. I'm Donna and Diana. So I'm, an, I'm the older sister and we are two of four girls and one boy and two stepbrothers. So we're two of seven in our family. And we started writing together. Well, let me let you introduce yourself first. Sure. So Diana Adair, I kept the name. And um, yeah, we started writing together. We started formulating our ideas and our interest in Atlantis in 2007 um, while we were at a hot springs. It's, we've always been very connected to water and this entire process of learning about Atlantis and writing our books um, really seems to draw us to bodies of water. So I think that's an interesting point in connection because Atlantis is also very connected to water. Um, so we started researching um, and we, for about 10 years, and then we started writing in about 2014 and Donna quit her job to write full time. And so that was a huge boost on the books and we continued to research, you know how it is when you're writing a book, more information just constantly comes in. So um, our story and characters are set in about 10 years of research into Atlantis. And so what we've written is the most historically probable mm -hmm. as Donna says, Atlantis. Wow. So, really and amazing. it is, to be clear, it is a fiction story. So there's three books in the series. We published them all at once or really about a month apart, but we wanted them all written and ready to go because it's a continuous series. And, but it's a fiction story, but it is set in this 10 years of research, including research we gathered from quantum healing sessions. So many, many of our clients, many of your clients, I'm sure, all the practitioners around the world um, that have regressed clients probably have run across this too, where you have at least one client or many go to a lifetime in Atlantis. Yeah. And many of them share those stories. Dolores Cannon shared many stories in her books. So all of that became part of our research as well as our own lifetimes. Both of us had multiple, multiple lifetimes throughout the long span of Atlantis. So we drew on that for details such as world building, uh, technologies they had, you know, metaphysical understandings, all this sort of thing we drew on as well as what we would call 3D research. So there is a, a, a huge body of evidence that points to Atlantis or a very, very advanced society that existed approximately 12,000 years ago that ended with this deluge event. So we drew on all the physical or 3D uh, research that exists out there too. And um... Can you mention the titles of the, the Atlantis books? Yes. So it's called the Golden Age series <laughs> and title of book one is Colors of Atlantis. <laughs> There's the cover. And the title of book two is Shadow, Shadows of Atlantis. <laughs> and the title of book three is Atlantis Moirai. 
And that word moi rai means destiny. Ah, fascinating. And um, now I've also been fascinated by Atlantis, I, I guess like many people who are into quantum healing and, and spiritual uh, journeys. Um, but I always find it difficult to get a really understanding about when did it took place? When did Atlantis existed? Can you give us some clue about what time frame did it exist? Yeah, there's a lot we could talk about there. We What we learned, um, why there's so much confusion is because there was um, multiple epochs of Atlantis. So uh, through Edgar Cayce's work and um, who else? Diana Cooper, Shirley Andrews, a lot of them talk about either three different epochs or five different epochs, each one of them lasting for several thousands of years. So, you know, Atlantis, the fall was about 10,000 years ago. And so, or 11,800. And so that's what we set the time frame of our books in was the golden age, the final age of Atlantis before it sunk under the ocean completely. And, you know, all the energetic ties were cut, but it goes back. Like, what did we find at the largest? 250,000 years? Mm -hmm. Yeah, if, if you look at the longest span, I believe it's Diana Cooper, reports the longest span of five epochs covering 250,000 years. Mm. And of course it just all depends on, um, you know, how your perspective on what was Atlantis and who were the first peoples of Atlantis and that sort of thing. Yeah. And it, it was difficult to write, to kind of introduce Atlantis because of that long span of time, you know, like yeah. you look at say, even just the United States of America, we are what 200 and some years old. And yet, if you're trying to set a story in America that tells about America to somebody who didn't understand it or doesn't know what it is, you know, what would you draw from? Would you draw from the earliest time, you know, the yeah. middle right now? It's just mm -hmm. so vastly different. So you think about Atlantis being so much longer and having so much more information. Um, you know, the cultures were very different. The locations were different. The peoples were different. So it was sort of difficult to try to, to know what to include in our story, you know, that would give an accurate viewing of Atlantis. Well, and they had what we learned is there was different focuses of learning as a species for humanity in different epochs. So for example, yeah. in one, it was more of a scientific evolution and a raising of more science and industrial technology. And in another one, they were enhancing the spiritual. And so they were, you know, growth and evolution in that aspect of being human. And so even that, and so sometimes it was experiencing through the negative yeah. and sometimes it was experiencing through the positive. So it was not very cut and dried. You know, most people think of Atlantis as like this utopia or like everybody yeah. was evolved in every way and everything yeah. was light and love. So not true. <laughs> so yeah, what do we do? How do we bring that together? And so we really kind of pulled from what we thought was the most important aspects to parallel with where we are now as a species, yeah. because that's the yeah. point. That's why Atlantis is rising, so-called, yeah. we feel, is because humanity is again rising up to this apex of the next, evolving into the next thing. And so we've done a lot of things, positive and negative, that parallel the way Atlanteans did as well. And so that was really our focus, is telling that story and connecting it to our 
present times because we were our teams told us the point of this ultimately is it doesn't matter the story you write but it's the energy that's encoded into these books that people will connect with when they read the words and it will awaken their own memories and it's awesome because so many times we get reports of the crazy dreams people have after they read our <laughs> books or just the really unusual experiences they have and so we've been able to see that come to fruition of it really is awakening all this stuff in people yeah really amazing eh? and patricia have um do you, are you aware of past lives you've had in atlantis yes yes yeah i, I, I do recall and do. um uh, actually um i had a past life uh during the time where atlantis uh well, fall uh where it all collapsed and uh Sorry, pause one moment. Okay. <laughs> Our mom has a home phone. People still have those. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Donna's turning it off right now. It's okay. I know she'll want to hear this too. Yeah. <laughs> All right. I'm sorry about that. Go ahead. Okay. Yeah. Well, I I had a memory. Um, it was fascinating because it came after a quantum healing session. I remember that I got home from a session and um, when I lay down, another phone call. <laughs> no, it was doing a busy signal. Yeah, just keep that over here. We'll... Okay. Well, we're just talking about Mercury retrograde, right? So yeah. <laughs> it's happening. <laughs> These things happen when Mercury is yeah. retrograde. So, <laughs> yeah. And, um, but anyway, I, I got home from uh, a session and uh, I think I went to lie down as, as I was still a bit, uh, well, in that zone, as you could call it, still in the theta state, I guess. And then I got a spontaneous um, regression and I could see so clearly a life in Atlantis passing by and how, what happened there and uh, how I was part of some experiments and, uh, and how those experiments eventually led to... Um, well, the end of Atlantis, and I, of course, I only saw my own experience there. So um, I'm sure there will be a larger picture uh, behind those experiments and, and the fall of Atlantis. Um, but I, I don't think I've ever had a an, an past life memory coming up that was so strong and so vivid and, well, so significant. So, yeah. And... Uh, and I guess after that, I also got onto the path of exploring everything that's got to do with water. So, and I'm sure that you have also that strong connection with water, uh, I can imagine. And, um, and I wonder, um, is there any of the abilities um, that the Atlanteans uh, were supposed to have in those times um, that you are using right now? in your present life? That's a, such a good question. Mm -hmm. um, I'm going to have to think about that a minute. <laughs> I can answer <laughs> while you're thinking. Okay. I would say yes. So yeah. that has been one of the things that I think has unfolded for both of us through our quantum healing work, as well as the Atlantis research and the reconnection with those lifetimes is we, um, also do group regressions, quantum healing regressions for people. And one of the things that we have brought in is taking 
people to a lifetime where they had a higher ability and bringing that forward into this time to utilize. And so for me personally, um, my telepathy is off the charts and I have been, Donna and I have it all the time, just like this morning, her computer goes black and she's thinking, Diana needs to bring her computer. And I'm also thinking, yep, I need, I, I'll bring my computer. <laughs> and five minutes later, she texts me, bring your computer. I was like, I heard you. <laughs> and I've been playing with it on purpose with people. So I have a friend in New York and another friend in Oregon. Well, she just moved back, but we've been consciously playing around with this to communicate in that way and then validating it for each other. And over the last year, for sure, but even longer than that, I can't tell you how many times I've had a telepathy conversation with somebody. And then next time we're together, it's like they knew that we had it and I knew that we had it and we built on it then verbally from there. And often they don't even realize it. Like I do, because I'm keyed in and I'm really focused on this. Yeah. But it's fascinating putting my conscious intention on developing this, how it is literally expanding my communications with everybody. Yeah, yeah. I would say your relationship with crystals too um, is probably rooted yeah, in true. Atlantean lifetimes. Mm -hmm. um, for me, I think it's more of a, um, a connection in general to higher mind, um, higher wisdom, um, I think it's less specific. I can't think of anything very specific. There just is like this has always been this ease of connection to the spirit realms or the non-physical realms, yeah. um, you know, other planets, other species. I think all of that is rooted in Atlantis because Atlanteans were very closely connected to what we call the star races, you know, or ET yeah. or alien uh alien races that came here have always been coming here of course you know and yeah. um it was just a fact of life um, you know some of them lived and bred with the atlanteans yeah. um so i think that both of our, us have this ease of connection with other star races and just with mm -hmm. everything in you know the quantum realms what we call the quantum <laughs> realms right patricia yeah. Yeah. Well, <laughs> um, you know what i'm just thinking right after we published just when you got the hit of we should do surrogate sessions for people yeah. and it just exploded and i'm just now wondering i'm having a little aha moment right now if that didn't come out of all of that development and deeper connection with the atlantean energies because it was literally right after that that we're like okay let's try it and we put it out <laughs> on the forum and in two hours had like 40 people sign up <laughs> so so let me explain what yeah. you're talking about a little yes. bit for people that don't know so we have um what Patricia practices and what we practice QHHT as well as BQH, what, what we call quantum healing in general. Also past life regression is part of that life between lives. There's several modalities that are part of this quantum healing. Uh, well, Diana and I now offer in addition to one-on-one -on -one sessions, we offer surrogate quantum healing sessions. And this is specifically for people who cannot connect on their own uh, to their higher self or to their guides or to their other lives in a quantum healing session. There are lots of people out there who cannot, it would not be safe to, or they cannot go into a hypnotic trance. Um, you know, people such as children that are too young or the elderly or people who are maybe deaf um, or people who have certain mental conditions that it's just not a good idea for them to do this lots and lots of people. Um, and, and we really felt a burden to serve them too. 
Um, so we were told from our higher selves and teens to develop this professional surrogate session model where one of us goes into trance and the other one acts as a practitioner. And then we do the session as if that person were in trance. We connect to all the information that they need, the healing that they need, everything like a normal session would look like, except we're doing the surrogate for them. Did I explain that well, Patricia? Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yes. And, uh, um, but I, I also do the surrogate, so I'm familiar with it. And, uh, but I've always felt that um, it must be a blessing to be able to do this as sisters, because uh, I suppose that it's so easy um, to tune into um, well, the fields together. Yes. And, uh, it is easy. And it's also, we've found surrogate session work to be much easier. And I'd love to hear if, if you found this to be true too. Um, we found it to be much easier than working with people one-on-one -on -one a lot of times because we get to bypass the very human blocks that yeah. all of us carry, you know, the beliefs that we have that kind of block um, our healing or block what we could do better in life. <laughs> we get to bypass that when we do a surrogate session for somebody. So we get really high level information on their behalf and it blows us away every time every single time we're just taken aback and we learn so much from other people's higher selves and teams and is that true for you yeah absolutely yeah. and i think uh uh one of the amazing things about surrogate sessions is probably that um People who go into a trance state, uh, they can have experiences, but once they come back into their normal uh, day consciousness, many people think like, um, did I imagine that? Was it real? Or um, I just made it up. You know, that kind of doubt comes in when people are out of the theater state again. And um, in a surrogate session, this is the opposite because they hear other practitioners finding information in the quantum field and finding the connection with um, their higher self and they recognize things and they know that um, there's no other possibility how you could have found uh, that information so i yeah. think it's, it's often more uh, a confirmation for people and what i've experienced and you probably had that too that people um can be so touched by um well, the love because it, it's such a loving energy when two people are performing this surrogate session for you and i, I think this is yeah, by itself is, is already healing i think when two people are really focused on your well-being your benefit and uh connecting with your higher self and uh yeah so i, I think it's amazing that you are able to do that uh, uh together yeah we we really enjoy it. And we fall in love with absolutely every single one yeah. of our clients. You know, we yeah. don't know these people. We do <laughs> sessions for people around the world and we don't know them at all. We, we ask for their intention for the session, their questions that they want to ask, the healing they want to ask for, and then a photo of them. And that's all we pretty much have of them. And so we get to know them from the soul perspective. That's all that really we know of them where we just absolutely fall in love with every, we think every single client is just the soul most family. amazing being that there is. It's true. <laughs> so yeah. it's such a blessing to us yeah. to be able to do these sessions as well mm -hmm. as, you know, uh, hopefully, well, and, and we do get feedback that it's a huge blessing to the clients, yeah. you know, they feel yeah. 
not only our love and our desire to really help and assist, but then they do feel all that incredible wisdom and encompassing love of the higher beings, like you said. Yeah. When we get more feedback, <clears throat> excuse me, we get more feedback from surrogate sessions than from one-on-one, -on -one. you know, yeah. so, so often you do a one-on-one -on -one session with someone and spend three, four, five, six hours with them and you yeah. may never hear from them again. Yeah. But I would say almost every single time out of, I don't know how many sessions we've done now, a lot. There's maybe been less than five times that we haven't had feedback and that's significant. So yeah. it's, it's so profound to us. We learn so much and it's profound that we can connect in that way and support other people. And then, so it's so wonderful to hear what happens after that. You know, like, I love that part of having them. And it's also informed our writing. So we've written, we've started another series of books, the New Earth Healing Books. That oh, is yes. nonfiction. That is nonfiction. And we were just really led to do this because we and our clients have learned and benefited and healed so much from these sessions that we just felt really led to put them, some of the sessions and the learning together in a book and offer that out for the benefit of people. So we don't charge for this other than um, there's, it's a free download or if you buy it through Amazon, I think it's five bucks or something like that. Seven, but it's, Seven. it's printing costs. Yeah. yeah. So our, our first one is New Earth Healing, also by D.D. Adair. Yeah. And it's all about self-healing mm -hmm. that, you know, we've come to believe that all healing is self is really self-healing. And these are just like Diana said, uh, session stories from some of the surrogate sessions around the topic of, of healing. Yeah. And yeah. yes, this, this will remain free. The, the ebook will re always remain free as mm -hmm. well as the, as far as we know right now, the rest of this series, we're working on a new earth book about death. And we're working on a new earth book about sexuality and spirituality oh, and, and those, and those will also all be uh, surrogate session stories that we share. And those also will be free for the ebook download. And then the actual book will sell for print costs because yeah. this is not, you know, it doesn't belong to us. This information does not belong to us. We are supposed to be sharing it with yeah. the rest of humanity. And so yeah. we're trying to honor that. <laughs> yeah. Well, and we do weave in some of our own personal experience and learning. Um, like this first book, there's a chapter on trauma, the trauma mechanism, um, and also the doorway to death book, which will be out soon and the sexuality book, you know, so we do share some of that as well, or whatever we think might help. <laughs> oh, that's so interesting. So. Yeah. And um, so you work a lot with people who had traumas. Is, is that what well, you mean? Doesn't everybody, doesn't everybody have trauma? Yeah. <laughs> Patricia, yeah. do you have met somebody who doesn't have trauma? I don't know. Maybe they exist. <laughs> I mean, really how we define trauma is just um, excess energy that was not able to be processed at the time that gets yeah, stuck yeah, in yeah. our body, our field, our mind, our belief system, all of that. Yeah. And so really you know, to us, that's the whole point of these sessions is not only to get information to grow and learn from, but to clear that energy out and free yeah. up our field and our body so it can heal itself. Like to me, that yeah. is what self-healing and coming back into wholeness is. And so it's, you know, trauma could be anything. It could be my mom yelling at me and I took that in, you know, we tend to think of it as like a big thing, yeah. but it's really any experience that we don't fully process that then gets caught yeah. in here. So yeah. Yeah, I exactly. once, I once heard a definition of abuse that shocked me because it said anything that is not nurturing. Mm -hmm. 
anything that is outside of loving and nurturing could be considered abuse. Mm -hmm. And that's such a broad definition, but yeah, depending on how sensitive of a person you are. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. A lot of things can be traumatic or abusive, you know, to our psyches, as well as the, the really horrific and terrible yeah. things that people undergo that humans undergo that, you know, yeah. why, why, why do humans do these things <laughs> to each other? I don't know, but <laughs> yeah. there is healing for it. That's the important part. Yeah. yeah. Healing and learning. <laughs> and, uh, well, I've read, um, uh, the uh, new earth book and, uh, um, there was a session about a mermaid life. Could you share a little bit about it? Would you like to do that? Or yes, let, let me pull that up from the old memory. <laughs> well, it, it was someone who was got healed from. Um, not sure if I'm going to pronounce this right in English. A psoriasis. Is that the oh, right? Psoriasis. So, yeah. Okay. <laughs> Which is a skin disease. Uh -huh. Yeah. Yeah. And you, uh, you wrote about that uh, from the person who had that mermaid life. And um, now the first uh, thing that came up with me is like a mermaid. Uh, I imagine to have like this, uh, how do you call it in English? This sort of fish-like skin. Scale. Oh, yeah. Scale. And, scale. and um, sometimes people with, uh, how do you call it? Sorry. <laughs> Right. <laughs> it's so such right. a weird word <laughs> yeah we might not be saying it right either i don't know <laughs> yeah. but uh, somehow i could feel that there's this link between those two skins and uh, i don't know why but um, um but do you remember that session do you remember how it got healed i do and if 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 i remember right uh, this client had a, several, I think she had fungus. She was suffering from some sort of fungus, fungus on the fingers and the toes, as well as some psoriasis on the back of her head, maybe something like that. And the lifetime that they showed us was when she was this mermaid and it was not a happy Disney mermaid lifetime at all. It was frightening and cold and in the dark depths mm. surrounded by creatures that wanted to eat her. And she had been abandoned by her mermaid family or parents or whatever. She was kind of alone. Her only friend was a whale. <laughs> and uh, she was terrified. She, at the soul level, was told that, that she had not done enough research before coming into that lifetime to really understand what it was going to be like. And so she came into that lifetime and it ended up just being sort of a disaster. And so there was several carryovers. There was unhealed trauma from that lifetime that was resurfacing in this life to be healed, to be addressed. And so it was related to um, just all that she had experienced. Her skin issues were very much related to a lot of the fear and the trauma that needed to be let go of, you know, yeah. for good. Wonderful. Yeah. So it was fascinating lifetime. She actually ended up uh, at the end of that life. She was already dying, but she came to the surface mm -hmm. on this little island and was found by some men. And I can't remember what we thought the the time period. It was very, it was somewhere really far north. I know mm -hmm. that because it was like a cold, cold climate. And the men were dressed. Um, it made us think it was not terribly long ago, mm -hmm. like maybe 
a couple centuries ago, if that, mm-hmm. yeah. and, um, but they knew what she was, you know, the men were not that surprised or shocked by her. Um, and they went ahead and actually killed her to put her out of her misery because she was already, you know, mostly dead. She was already very far in the dying process. Yeah. So there's many things about that session that were surprising, you know, that, that humans were not really that shocked to find a creature like this yeah. and that it wasn't that long ago, all that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm glad and, you remember all that. Have you, Patricia, have you been so connected to water? Have you experienced mermaid lifetimes? Well, I think one of the first sessions that I um, facilitated um, was with uh, someone who went to a life as a mermaid. And um, uh, I don't know if you if you have this, but I always notice that when I do sessions that um, a certain theme comes up, like you would have like five sessions in a row where people all see themselves as a mermaid mm-hmm. and... Uh, Uh, without me talking about it. I mean, those people don't know each other. And uh, so there's always like these themes and when sessions come up. And uh, so, yeah, when I first started, there were all mermaids' lives. It makes you wonder why um, (laughs) why those people... uh, uh, Well, I believe there's always a a connection between client and practitioner, and there's no coincidence why these two find each other. So uh, it makes you wonder why these mermaids life were so significant in the beginning. Mm-hmm. And uh, have you ever gone to one yourself? Like, do you feel that direct connection personally? Well, I, I do feel it, but I, I didn't see any past lives as a mermaid, but I remember that as a child and I live near the sea and mm-hmm. uh, um, I would always feel like as if my fingers would get like, uh, how do you call that? Um, well, it, it like webbed or yeah, exactly. Okay. Yeah, uh-huh. yeah, uh-huh. yeah. And as if you would, yeah, feel as if you were a mermaid. Maybe huh. all little know. girls have that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I don't. Yeah, I don't. I was gonna say, but I can resonate with what you're saying because I um, have experienced um, being a dragon before. I have a lot of dragon energy, oh. and I've had a lot of clients go to dragon lifetimes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So. So I think probably, that would be the same thing. Exactly. So there probably mm-hmm. is this connection there. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> yeah. And um, well, it's obvious uh, for me that mermaids are related to uh, Atlantis. And um, um, but as a, I'm also an astrologer, and um, as an astrologer, I also um, look into other planets. And um, so I lately I come across lives on Andromeda where mermaids are also very present. So I'm curious uh, if you have seen a connection between mermaids, Atlantis, Andromeda. Did you come across that connection in your, your sessions? You know, I don't know that I've, I've noticed a connection. We, we actually have had quite a lot of clients that have had Andromeda lifetimes mm-hmm. or connections, you know, um, which we didn't know what it was at first. Yeah. Andromeda. <laughs> yeah. Um, so that's an interesting, I don't know that I've connected Atlantis and mermaids and Andromeda. No, but we have had one of those lifetimes they went to was a water planet and it was in the Andromeda galaxy. Mm. So I would say that's the closest connection we've had. There's definitely been water connections, mm-hmm. 
but I don't think specific mermaid Andromeda. So that's fascinating. Yeah, interesting, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. And what have you drawn from that? Like from as an astrologer, how does Andromeda and all of the information coming through the sessions connect with our galaxy and us right now as a planet? Well, um, of course, there is this connection uh, with water and, and, and mermaids and uh, Poseidon. Um, but for me, what is relevant about Andromeda right now uh, is this, if I look at it from an astrological perspective, the, the theme of Andromeda is um, to end slavery. And people who have Andromeda in a significant place in their birth charts, they often have this theme in their life where they play a role in ending slavery in what kind? Like some would um, play a role in uh, liberating women from abused men, or some would have um, an active role in, uh, well, liberation of, of slavery in, in, in the biggest sense of the word. I know someone, a friend of mine, he is um, uh, making a museum for the slaves who got liberated, the, the Afro-American slaves and, uh, well, not only the Afro-American, but also the, the African slaves who went to Europe and to, to Holland. And um, so he's creating uh, a museum um, as a celebration for the end of slavery, but also to remind people of what happened. He's got a significant Andromeda position in his chart. And so everyone with this Andromeda connection has this theme with liberating people. And, um, and I do see that Andromeda comes up in, in sessions quite a lot. So um, uh, probably because uh, this is a theme that is very uh, present right now in the world and, and liberation is happening on many, many levels. So mm -hmm. um, yeah. Well, and where was it that we read? Somebody had, I read it somewhere that the Andromeda galaxy and the Milky Way galaxy are slowly merging. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. So yeah. that was fascinating to me. And I definitely want to learn more about that. But I'm wondering if there's a connection between that and Atlantis and the overlay oh. of humanity right now. Like, do you see any? Well, now that you mentioned it, can see a connection maybe uh, because um, some astronomers they believe that the earth was birthed is that the english word out mm -hmm. of andromeda out of the andromeda galaxy so we were born out of andromeda oh. and they say that uh, I, th I think it will be a few million years or um, where andromeda and uh, the earth will uh, uh, we join together and a new planet will rise from that. And um, that's what astronomers say. Now, if I interpret that as a quantum healer uh, or as an astrologer, I think this is so symbolic to the creation of a new earth, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> and um, so, yes. And the, I, I, and the theme that Andromeda brings, you know, when you talk about their, that theme of freedom, of liberty and then our the lifelong theme of humanity on earth not lifelong um you know eons long theme of humans being in slavery or not free so much of the time you know it's kind of an interesting 
the thing to bring that all together, right? What Andromeda would be bringing to the earth. Exactly. Yeah. Hmm. yeah. Beautiful. Ooh, that makes me excited. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I feel like we're already kind of begun that process. We're doing it. Yeah. Yeah. I think so too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. From within, you know, it's such a beautiful thing to watch this wave of freedom begin to go across the planet from within each one of us. I will be free. I claim my freedom, you know, and, to, and, and I'm so excited to watch that continue to play out at the level of countries, you know, around the world, but it's starting right now individually, I think, mm -hmm. and it's been going on individually for quite some time, I think. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. I think so too. I guess that everything that we heal in ourselves will heal, uh, well, our, our surroundings, our families, and it will have a ripple effect. Uh, so, yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. I, I really see that playing out too, not only in our own families, but in the people around me that I know. I mean, we've had a profound shift in our, our own family over the last year, year yeah. and a half, and mm -hmm. well, really year where all seven of us kids have come together in a whole new way. And, you know, we had some big rifts throughout our history together. And, 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 you know, Donna and I have both been really doing, focusing heavily on our own inner work and healing and clearing and coming back into our wholeness. And, yeah. and so have everybody else. And in that way, once we all kind of was like, okay, I'm just going to work on myself and we're doing our own process. You know, we've really seen that shift in a major way where we, look forward to spending time together and talk about things we've never been able to in our entire lives. And, mm -hmm. and we just stopped focusing on anything but our own inner well-being. Yeah. And to see that ripple out is, it's just, it's still blowing me away. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm so glad you brought up that subject, Patricia, because, you know, I think sometimes it's such hard work to do our own self-healing, right? Like, Ugh. it yeah. just, it, it can be so difficult and it's easy to lose motivation. Like, well, why should I continue to work so hard to wade through all of this junk and to, you know, heal our bodies, heal our emotions, heal our minds, everything that there is to heal. And that is the answer. That's the why for me, when I lose motivation is understanding that it is such a profound and huge expansive service to the entire world just when I heal myself and it's true for every single individual. So I'm so glad you mentioned that because that often gets overlooked when we talk about self-healing and about doing our work, you know, is what a service that is to all of humanity. When we do that, when we're yeah. willing to step into the muck for however long it takes <laughs> and work, however hard it needs to be to do that for us and for everybody else. Thank you for mentioning that. Yeah. And it's such a different focus, you know, being a therapist for a long time and doing a lot of different types of therapy over the years. And, you know, the model is, or the, the program is that we have to help other people heal or we have to heal other people. Yes. And so helping can look a lot of ways. And I think there's been a lot of distortion and misinterpretation around that. And once I made that mental shift inside myself, I've, really witnessed that shift too. And just doing my own thing, focusing on me and really helping myself come into wholeness has, I get feedback all the time. Like just yesterday, I spent some time with two women that used to be clients and they texted me last night and were like, 
thank you so much for the work you're doing on yourself. Like it's so inspiring to me. And now I'm making this change in my life. Oh, wow. I'm just like, because it was always before, like I could never do enough. I could never help enough people. And I ran myself ragged trying to get in as many people as I could and depleted myself and all this other stuff. And now I don't do that hardly at all. And it's, it's profound to me. So yeah, it's so important to talk about be, being the example, being yeah. the change yeah. <laughs> really yeah. does work. <laughs> Absolutely. It reminds me of um, a quote that I saw a week ago. It was something like uh, being a, a, a lighthouse doesn't mean that you go looking for uh, people who need to be saved, but being a lighthouse means that you stand there and you just shine and be who you are. Okay. I thought it was such a beautiful uh, picture that they painted with those words just really think yeah that that's it just um work on yourself and and um be your true self yeah yeah i love that image and that in a way was given to me a few years ago of all i need to do is just be a pillar of light and get it as strong and as clear and as possible because as it spreads out and gains and amplifies it helps other people connect with their own light because everybody yeah. has their own light we're each our own lighthouse yeah exactly and it's it's a beautiful image so yeah. thanks for saying that oh it, it's, it's so important that you mentioned that because um uh i believe that it, it is so true that we are our own lighthouse and we don't need anybody else to uh, to be empowered or and, uh, I guess that's one of the beautiful things about quantum healing I think is that you connect people with their own higher self and their own inner wisdom and um, I, I see that as one of the most important reasons to to do quantum healing uh, to to show people how they can do it and how they are connected and how they are much more than this personality Yes. I like to tell my clients, it's all a training for them to do it themselves. You know, it's not a therapeutic relationship in a way it is, but it's really a training for them to do it, do it on their own, connect on their own. And there's another point I'd love to talk about right now with that is I've been playing with this concept of life without condition, but not putting conditions on my happiness, on my well being. like, you know, this thing we do of like, when this happens, then I'll feel good or whatever. And um, I was listening to an Abraham Hicks podcast, and he was telling someone about this. He said, you know, life without condition means not only not putting conditions on your own happiness and well-being, but not being that condition for somebody else. Ah. And I was like, oh, wow. (laughs) And as a therapist, that really got me and sunk in is how often have I made myself the condition for somebody else's well-being or healing or happiness? And there's a real freedom from unhooking from that too. And to me, it's like giving them back their sovereignty, their power, their creatorhood, because we each have it and we each do it for ourselves. So. Oh, that's so important. Yeah. Yeah. Beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. New thought. Yeah. (laughs) So how do you, envision a new earth what does it look like for you Hmm. good question yes because we've seen it in different time periods in our so-called future you know some of our clients that have surrogate sessions will actually go to future lifetimes and so we get to see 
and, and it looks, it looks different depending on where you are on the earth, depending on what time period, you know, that we're in, but in general, the, the new earth, the earth that I would like to see that's, that I think is possible in our lifetimes in this lifetime is one of inclusiveness is one of, you know, where we begin to really truly value the differences that we all have, um, the diversity that's present in humanity, and then support that even. Go one step beyond just accepting everybody as they are, as who they are, as who they want to be, what they want to create, how they want to live. Not only just accepting this beautiful array of diversity that's present, but then supporting each individual in their diverseness. That's a really broad, I realize a really broad in general view, but of course I wanna see the, a beautiful earth. I want to see the earth itself be totally regenerated. You know, I, I want to see us be able to live in complete harmony with nature. And I think that's ex very possible. I think it's very, very possible for us to do in this lifetime. I think we're headed in that direction. I think we are rapidly gaining ground in that direction. I think that COVID helped <laughs> this period of all of us being in our houses or at home, you know, really showed us how quickly the earth regenerates herself. So I think it's a blend for me, a blend of those two things of, of just this unconditional acceptance and love for each other and support of each other, as well as, as of earth living in harmony and really being the gardeners, you know, tending this beautiful planet, you know, what that means what, what does it mean to take care of her, to help her flourish, you know, to help animals flourish, to help nature flourish, yeah. as well as going beyond that, coming back into brotherhood and sisterhood with the star races, you know, not yeah. only it being disclosed or known, but where we come back into relationship with them yeah. Yeah. because they have so much to teach us. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Beautiful. I would just add to that. I mean, you said everything that I also believe in one. The only thing I would add is that this concept of unity and oneness that, you know, so many of us want and are creating um, is really about the diversity and the individuality and recognizing that that's what creates the massive morphic field of consciousness that we're all part of is that we're uniquely different and yet the same. And that also includes that connection with nature, like realizing we are one with nature. We're no different. We're not apart from, we are a part of. Yeah. And again, you know, and I, I'm in nature all the time. I love to trail run and I love to hug trees and kiss them. And, you know, I just have a really deep relationship with nature, with plants and rocks. I love rocks. <laughs> My house is filled with rocks. And it's about feeling, connecting my energy with theirs, my consciousness with theirs. And it's emerging in the unity, but it's possible because we're two different, very different things. And yet we're both consciousness merging and then coming apart and in multiplying every time that we do that. Yeah. And so for me, this concept of, you know, the indigenous tribes talk about, we're moving into the fifth, out of the fourth world of separation into the fifth world of unity. And so that's what it means for me is really joining back in with that while still honoring, like Donna said, our, our diversity, our individuality. Yeah. That's what expands all that is. That's what, you know, creates, adds to source and makes it infinitely expand. 
And so that's the world I want to see. And so that's what I'm focusing on because I believe what I focus on and I'm creating is what I'm putting into it. Yeah. And in that way we co-create. So beautiful, beautiful. <laughs> How about you? Is it appropriate if I ask you the same question, yeah. Patricia? Cause yeah. I'd love to hear your vision. <laughs> um, well, I think you've mentioned most of how I would see it. I think um, what I could add is that um, I, I guess um, it would also have this openness, like transparency, mm-hmm. um, a world where we are in this unity field where we can know each other's thoughts. And so there would not be any secrets anymore. Like we can see exactly the energy of the other person. And um, I remember that uh, years ago, I had uh, what I would call my my Kundalini awakening. And um, for, I think about a year, I could see the energies of of people and plants and well, everything. I could see as if it were all molecules that were in all beautiful colors and like, as if you could see the life force energy and so I guess when I think of a new earth, um, it, it's kind of like that, like seeing the life force and the vitality in everything, uh, in every living being. And, uh, um, and, and that makes everything transparent and clear. And, and for me, that, that has some, that, that's, that has beauty. <laughs> yeah. 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 I love that. Yeah, that is beautiful. Yeah. And I wonder if we are moving into that too, you know, as you're talking, I'm like, oh yeah, I've had um, thoughts of that same thing and experiences of that and mm-hmm. um, conversations around that mm-hmm. with other people. Yeah. We yeah. have being able to really, truly see each other. Yeah. Who we, who we exactly. all really are yeah. As, yeah. as soul essence. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Seeing the yeah. essence and, and like, uh, no masks, literally, no masks. I know, right? <laughs> Symbolically, take them off. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah, I've, I've often thought about um, the whole situation that um, the world is going through. And uh, um, I always feel like I like to turn things around. So that's what I do when I have someone coming and uh, we are talking about um, what is the, the core of their questions and I ask them to 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 describe their fears and then turn it around so that's what I've been doing uh, the last two years with everything that's going on and and the word lockdown uh, uh, which has been mentioned so many times and every time I hear it I think to myself the opposite of lockdown <laughs> open up <laughs> so open what can I do to open up <laughs> well and it's it's so true because more and more people are opening up inside you know they're opening up to who they are within and so you're absolutely right during this outer lockdown we have this huge heart opening and exactly. expansive thing happening yeah. within yeah. each person's consciousness and heart filled yeah. And we were just recently an example of that. We were just recently in New York City and Long Island and Cape Cod. And we had the most incredible experience with people. Like people are so hungry for connection. And, you know, we're we're just free and open all the time. (laughs) And the way people responded to that, you know, which here in America is 
kind of, you know, supposed to be the epicenter of whatever. <laughs> well, New York has a reputation here for, for being rude. New Yorkers, a lot of Americans think of New Yorkers as being kind of rude. And we did not experience that at all. We experienced mm -hmm. them as kind and open and, you know, willing to help us in any way that we needed. And they just responded with such grace and yeah, hunger wow. for human connection. Yeah. It was a beautiful experience. Yeah. Beautiful. And wonderful because I have a really hard time being in cities or around mm -hmm. lots and lots of people. So I was, I was a little mm -hmm. bit, um, dreading going there and being there because of that because it's yeah. it's hard enough in a small city <laughs> much less going to new york so it really made all the difference to have such a wonderful response from the beautiful humans that live in new york city oh, that's beautiful yeah. yeah who knew <laughs> but we went in with that intention of being open that's what made me think of that is how do I turn this around? Oh, yeah. I just open myself as much as possible and intentionally radiate my heart field as big as I can make it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to love you. <laughs> <laughs> wow. <laughs> Beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it was so wonderful talking with you. And uh, I mean, it's, already been an hour that we've been talking and I feel like we've oh just started <laughs> I know. part one yeah. <laughs> yeah so um is there anything that you would like to share before we are going to close this conversation well I'll share uh, we have a website ddadare.com and of course there's links to everything. There's links to our books. Uh, there's the down, the free download link to the new earth healing book, as well as our books are all on Amazon. Yeah. Our Atlantis series is on all of the online bookstores. So whether it's Apple or Barnes and Noble or in America, let me, let me say yeah. it's on all, all of the online bookstores in America, only Amazon, I believe in other countries. Yeah. And I think that's it. Well, I and I just, this. yeah, I just want to mention, um, we're working on our next series. And oh, so yes. we're posting um, pictures and little stories of our research. It's on the ancestors. And for this one, we're focusing on the ancestors here in North America, of the indigenous tribes and the giants and the terrabines and everyone that was here 10,000 years ago. So the timeline will start paralleling our books from Atlantis. And oh. so we have a YouTube channel also that's the spiral path and then a Facebook page of the same the spiral path where we're posting pictures of our research because we're going across North America and visiting these sites that have mounds and pyramids and a lot of ancient history that is still here. Um, and so we're trying to share little bits along the way as we're gathering research for this next book series. But again, wow. we're just really trying to cover these lost periods of humanity's history and how it connects to our star family, um, because yeah. that's relevant. Those connections are, are happening and being reconnected right now. So exactly. stay tuned for that. Oh, I can't <laughs> wait to, to read it. Yeah. So <laughs> ddadair.com. Yes. And the spiral path. Yes. That's your the spiral YouTube path. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Well, wonderful. Yeah. And uh, well, I hope that many people will find your books and uh, uh, I think they are liberating. So if we would talk about the Andromedon theme of liberating people, I think that's exactly what you both do mm -hmm. with uh, your sessions and your books. So, uh, so thank you for being my guest uh, today. 
Thank you, Patricia. It's wonderful to talk to you. Very much appreciate you taking the time to interview us. Oh, I loved it. So thank you. (laughs) Yeah, it's been such a pleasure to to connect with you. (laughs) Yeah, we finally see each other. (laughs) Yay! Love it. Awesome. Okay, then goodbye for now. Yes.